Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. And welcome along. And uh, we've been on tenterhooks, David, haven't we? It's the latest round of voting in the Tory leadership election well, this lunchtime. We've been giddy with excitement on that one, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. What, I was, an ins- what an inspiring field of challenges fantastic. for the next leader of the country. Dear, Outstanding. Dear. Um, we do have a we've got an outsider to tip you about a little bit later in the podcast but that's nothing to do with the Tory leadership and everything to do with Royal Ascot but um, I was going to give you the result then of the of the leadership contest but nobody cares so I'm, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother with that I, I, I only realized this morning that after the MPs pick the final two yeah it's the membership that it actually is. gets yeah. to decide yeah a, so, t- a tiny fraction. That, that, that's the that's yeah. the ray of hope in it all, isn't it? That, they, that the membership might actually have their heads screwed on more than the people in Westminster, haven't it? But uh, you have more faith in them than I have. Well, Dave. there you go. But we don't do politics no. on the podcast because we alienate half of our listeners. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> other political parties are, are available. available, indeed. Um, we find ourselves at the furthest point in the football orbit from actual football for Torquay fans. I, I sat down and did the math, as our uh, American cousins would say this morning. It's eight weeks since the game at St Albans. No. Which wasn't goodness. a great sign. Well, it's... It, oh, it, it, a fondly remembered Fondly remembered game at St Albans. Yeah. Um, it's six ago. weeks until the new season begins. So last so Thursday last week was actually, we were halfway. We were indeed. Yeah. But it's six days until the players return back and hope that they're not members of Gary J's Fat Club. <laughs> so they'll be um, returning back and weighing in six days from now. Uh, I bet it, they're weighing themselves in almost on an almost I'll daily bet. basis now. At least once a day. Yeah. Uh, 13 days from now, the new fixtures come out. Yeah. The English Football uh, League fixtures have come out today. July the 3rd for the National League fixtures. Uh, quite a few um, supporters have been tweeting on uh, their preferred options for the opening yeah. day. I thought that was some of those are quite entertaining. <laughs> and it's 19 days from now until the first friendly, which is at Biddeford, at isn't Biddeford, it? Yeah. On the Tuesday July night. July the... Ninth, is it the ninth? Something like that, yeah. yeah. But it's 19 days from now, so the clock is ticking, isn't it? We're, um, we're, we're heading back from this great elliptical orbit of the summer that we're in and heading back towards planet football. I, th- I, I don't... It's a long, long time, let's face it, and, and we'll, we'll probably end up repeating ourselves over the next few weeks since Talk United fans have, have so eagerly looked forward to the start of a new I season. Right. I know yeah. this always happens, you know, this honestly, always happens when you win promotion, on the occasions <laughs> that it happens when you win promotion. So many times you know, over the years. Giddy with, uh, with, <laughs> with trophies. Um, no, it, 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 but people are really up for it and looking forward to it. Yeah. And, and, and in some ways... That brings its own pressure and expectations, isn't it? That, it that does, the club, yeah. I think we all felt that promotion was a must last season. Yes. And it was achieved. Uh, and now you're in a kind of a, without getting completely over the top, there's a sort of real window here where the club has yeah. a chance to uh, just push on. I mean, obviously, if they could win promotion next season, it would be fantastic. To, to to build on this 
and suddenly, you know, Talker United yeah. are on an awful lot more lips uh, than, than they have been for a very long time. And, and, and I think the supporters sense this, don't they? That, 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 yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting what you say, because normally at the start of a season, expectations at Talker United tend not to be sky high. This season, they're very much higher than usual. Aren't yeah, they? they are. Yeah, because people and, and have got this feeling that Gary Johnson is the man for the job, the right. squad. Yeah, there's a squad there already. He's just adding bits to it now, adding Quite. you know the, the, marquee the, signings the, to there's it. There's all the old dreadful M for momentum word from the end of yeah. last season. Season ticket sales have gone very well. <clears throat> you know the ground looks great. The facilities are all there, etc., 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 and. Um, uh, it, it, those that mix of all those things hasn't existed for quite a long time, and um, uh, and especially of course when you've got a manager who, uh, far from saying oh steady as we go, let's see if we can consolidate in the national league, yeah, has <laughs> basically turned around said to hell with that, um, you know we're having a right go. It's, it's um, gung ho season, isn't it? Yeah, I mean yeah. he's he's far too clever, sensible and uh, and experienced to, to get carried away with yeah. it all and he knows exactly what the, you know, the, um, the pitfalls that lie ahead but uh, even those sort of things don't uh, tend to dismay no. um, uh, Gary so uh, yeah, no, all good That's on that exciting. front. Yeah. Now we said on the podcast last week we were expecting news of a new signing yes. in the next few days, it yeah. hasn't been quite tied up as yet. It doesn't it? appear to be I know there are frustrations um, uh, on all sides about that, I don't think there's anything particularly bad. And as we probably speak, it's almost you know might well be done by the time you know we have supper tonight. But um, uh, I do understand there's another club involved um, yeah. in in the current one, which is quite an interesting prospect anyway. Um, uh, I don't know who it is. Um, do we know what position? Well, I, I, we're we're, we're going to move swiftly on to that and I think that may well be tied up with something that, that we, we I think we may have mentioned it in passing last week but did us expanded on it a bit in the Herald Express this week that if Gary Johnson and Aaron Downs are thinking that Asa Hall is a candidate yeah. for a place in the back four at centre back which of course he has played for United yeah. both for them and for Gary Hours um then that takes care of the third centre-back situation. Yeah. Um, and that would push you towards saying, well, maybe it's midfield now. And uh, on, the, on the back of Armani Little's arrival, that, that midfield would be the area um, yeah. uh, for, for extra strengthening. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that Asa Hall will start the first game of the season at centre-back. Apart from anything else, even if he is in their thoughts for that position, he's got to get Niate out of the team Anyway, because yeah, yeah. uh, um, Jean Yves is 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 the specialist centre back there, um, but uh, um, I'm uh, Gary Johnson well knows that Asa Hall can play back there. Yeah. He ticks a hell of a lot of boxes when you think about it. He's thirty two now for all the right healthy reasons. He's captain. Yeah, he's six foot two. Uh, it's good header of the ball. Good header of the yeah. ball, as we all yeah. saw from what four out of seven goals last season with his head, maybe even five. Um, uh, he could pass it. He could bring it out of the back four, and he's physically um, and he's a got tough enough he's got job. a cracking goal in him as well, hasn't he? As, well, as our go. choice ever, for goal of the season. If, if, if he starts in the, in the back four, he'll yeah. do well. If he gets another <laughs> one of those next season, but but in other words, 
if you are looking to have three centre backs as an option for yeah. two out of three, then then Asa Hall could could possibly do that. Now that would change the emphasis on where they go now, um, and. Uh, you know, I think everybody was really pleased to hear about the Amani Little signing. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's penciled, stroked, inked into one of the slots in central midfield. It's a question of who else they get in now. Um, there's no word yet on who they might have in or back on loan. Yeah, a lot of speculation about the likes of Jake Andrews. Hasn't that has been, yeah. Um, I, I've heard differing rumours on that score. Uh, some, yes, he's definitely coming. No, he isn't. Um, that hasn't quite happened yet. And I think the loan situation, from what Gary Johnson says, looks like it'll be <clears throat> ironed out nearer the start of yeah. the season rather yeah. than now. That's perfectly understandable. That's normal practice, isn't it? Is. it? Yeah. yeah, it yeah. is. Um, and also, I think, you know, he's... Look, the finances at Playmore are pretty stable at the moment, thank goodness. Um, uh, his budget, he's he's well within his budget at the moment. Yeah. Um, but then he would be, he's only signed three players so far, three new players. Um, but he, he's been down this road before and yeah. he wants to be able to add one or two as you go along. Yeah. Now, uh, that means you probably have to leave a slot or two vacant. So although originally at the end of last season he said, well, I want a squad of 21, 22, etc., I wouldn't be at all surprised if he doesn't go into battle for the first game of the season with 18, 19, yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, Keeps his powder dry as well then, doesn't it? Because players do move in the first couple of weeks of the season, oh, don't they? Oh, absolutely they do, yeah. yeah. And also, you know, when you've got a scouting net network like they have, you know... Players do come available all of a sudden that you didn't think might be available mm. for all sorts of different reasons. Um, uh, he, he's very cool with uh, the arrangement with Clark Osborne and, and George Edwards, as he said in the paper this week. You know, uh, they've never said no to me yet. Oh. Um, uh, but I think the way they work is that they don't give him X thousands of pounds. That's your lot for the budget, which yeah. I know some clubs do. Um, uh, they they give him a ballpark figure, you know, and then yeah. work off that, see how you get on. If something really good comes up or you're convinced that we need to yeah. have a go for it, come to us and we'll talk it, talk it over. So I think that sounds a pretty healthy way to work yeah. for me, especially when you're dealing with, with a manager who, um, you know, you trust, has been here before, knows the score, etc., etc., Absolutely. Now the players report back next Wednesday. They do. They'll uh, be at Sealhane, presumably. Um, I would have thought they might even. Good question. Not yeah. sure uh, whether it would be at STC, uh, South Devon College, or Sealhane. I'm not quite yeah. sure. Last week, when Gary Johnson came down with Aaron Downs, uh, they had a staff day when they literally went over all the facilities. Yeah, um, ticking boxes, crossing, um, putting crosses in other ones. That needs sorting. That needs sorting. Gary was very happy with that trip. Yeah, um, uh, everything in order. Um, uh, there was a little bit more work to do out at Seal Hain, I understand. Um, but then that that, that you know because uh, that needed repairing at the end of last season. Well, didn't it? it did not only that, but Julian Goulthorpe, the groundsman, has had a, a during the course of the season. Um, has been very fortunate um, like or Mark who, who works for Newton Abbott Racecourse well Newton Abbott Racecourse race in the summer but not the winter yeah. so during the winter he's been available to help Julian on a pretty regular basis and there are other people who come in and help um, but obviously during the off season 
um, uh, um, Julian's more or less on his own. Yeah. So um, and he's been bound up with um, producing hopefully a stonkingly good pitch for the yeah. st- for, for the start of next season. So, um, but but uh, you know, Seal Hain is 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 retrievable. I mean, it's yeah. not a disaster anyway. It's perfectly okay. It's mm. just that that. It was uh, driven on, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah that's fine. That 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 yeah. area is okay. Yeah. Yes, I know what you mean now. Um, uh, but it's it's other areas. The 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 levelled area uh, in front of the dressing room um, units um, that that was reseeded and took quite a long time to cut to come through. Yeah, uh, that's now much much better, but it needs a bit more attention on it. And anyway, when you're in pre-season training, you know, you, especially when you're trying to get on grass quite a lot of the time. Yeah. You're out there on a daily basis. It does take take yeah. a, take a bit of uh, of pummeling. Um, so yeah, fingers yeah. crossed there. So what happens? So the first day of the free season training, they all get back. They all compare their new tattoos and whatever. But what happens? So what's the first thing that they get into? The first thing that they do? Uh, they, they get weighed, don't they? I would have thought they get weighed. Yeah. Um, a kit is is yeah. is a big thing, and we'll come on to that in a second. Yeah. Um, that's all in hand. Um, uh, new kit, yeah. Uh, new players, of course, as one mm-hmm. or two new faces. I'm sure there'll be some trialists on board. Yeah. Um, I would have thought there's a bit of running. Um, yeah. Uh, n- nothing too prehistoric, but um, uh, and I'm sure the footballs will be coming out fairly quickly. Yeah. But um, you know, it's interesting. Gary Johnson been saying the last few weeks that although United are up now against all full-time teams or more yeah. or less full-time teams in the National League, he says that still doesn't mean that we can't be fitter than everybody else or, exactly. or mostly yeah. everybody yeah. else. So I think, and particularly with the style of football that United play, this this quite pacey, yeah. high-tempo uh, attacking football, they have to be fitter than, yeah. the, 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 or at least as fit, if not fitter than everybody else. So I, I think he will put great store by that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of running, a lot of interval training, a lot of strength work. There'll, there'll be all the old bleep tests, on, yeah. uh, I imagine, you know, where they're testing. Oh, they're lovely, Grief. aren't they? Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, first man out's always a bad place to be. Um, uh, so there'll be, did, there'll did be plenty see, of that. Did you see that thing with Harry Redknapp with a lot of the old England players? Um, oh, that programme where he right managed the team. Right at the end of the season where he managed the team. He put no. those through the bleep test, the likes of Ray a Ruddock and people like that doing a bleep test. It, honestly, it would have made you and I feel slightly better. And a bleep test is a pretty grim thing. If anybody's never done one, you oh, have you have two points on the field and you run between them according to beeps that come at you off the time off the thing. tape. That's right. Yeah. And it starts quite slow, quite, and then and it then, speeds up, yeah. and it speeds up, yeah. and it speeds up, and it's. Uh, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's throw-up territory, yeah. isn't it? Basically, <laughs> I don't envy them that at all. No, next no. week, but there you go. No, no it's it's. Um, uh, look, you're talking about a managerial team here, which has done an awful lot of these, yeah. and uh, they there's not much they don't you know know about them, and uh, and also uh, one of the things that's always impressed me about Gary Johnson, shorting of turning it into a love-in. Um, is although he's 63 years old and has been in management for 30 years yeah. and coaching for even longer than that, he's an extraordinarily modern manager. Yeah. Um, not only in the way he manages people and the way he treats people, which is a, a key to his managerial success, yeah. but also in new technology and all that kind of stuff. He, he embraces all of that. Um, and although... 
I'm sure you know he would admit to being slightly old school in some aspects. He isn't at all in others. Mm. Um, and uh, um, anything that's available and any good yeah. good new ideas, he'll be all over them, um, just to see if he can squeeze out a little bit a little bit extra and a little bit better. We see our players wearing GPS trackers before. Oh, don't them. worry, they're they're around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, they have them already. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. So uh, yeah, no, just uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, you know preseason for me is I'm sorry it's a bit like kissing your sister uh, uh, I, I don't get it at all and and uh, preseason games are the worst indication yeah. of how a season's okay. going to go as we all know but this preseason um, with this setup yeah. I'm quite looking forward to seeing how it goes and. Uh, um, you know the, the the progress they're making and the feedback that that, that yeah. you're getting. So uh, no, good luck to all the lads. By the way, yeah. so by the time we podcast next, they'll have been through that the, difficult first day. They'll have had a day back at training. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about kits. We're talking about sponsors. Any news on what the new kit's going to look like? Or? Um, well, the, 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 the sneakiest of previews that the guests at the annual presentation evening had um, uh, were that. Nothing special, nothing, no great surprises mm-hmm. on that front. Um, basically, yellow, I understand, for the home strip, yeah. and white, so I'm given to believe, for the away strip. Yes. Um, uh, Gary Johnson has already said that he's really pleased with the kit, so obviously yeah. he's seen it, uh, or seen the shirts and the, and, the, and the gear anyway, and he's happy, more very happy with the quality of it, which is always a good sign. Yeah. Um, but um, let's hope the it, numbers don't peel off in pre-season training. Stuff. No, I think I think they they're all over that. <laughs> they are sticking with Nike, uh, who provided yeah. the kit yeah. next season, um, uh, and uh, the delay, if you want to call it that, in the actual release of the kit for mm-hmm. replica purposes. Um, I, I, I'm sure at the moment it's because uh, um, they still haven't either. Whether they've nailed down a new sponsor or not, Carpet King, we understand, aren't going to be sponsoring the shirt next season, um, the, 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 uh, the, the first team shirt. Um, now, this is, you know, you've got a club like United in this situation. I think that's a pretty sellable shirt option. I know I these things so. are often yeah. easier said than done. Yeah. Um, uh, and when I spoke to George Edwards, the MD, this week, he, he wasn't able to... To give me any clear indications, there have been one or two rumours of um, local organisations that yeah. might be linked to it. Um, uh, no yeses or noes, even off the record on that score. Um, but uh, he did say he said he thinks everybody will find it very interesting. Yeah, uh, the new yeah. sponsorship situation. Well, I know you can say that till you're blue in the face. Yes, okay, but let's see if it is. Um, That's intriguing, uh, isn't it? Well, yeah, I, I, I think a tie up with a known name or something yeah, like that. Something like yeah. that. I, yeah. I, I think these things always help to be local. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. One of the best sponsorships United ever did was with Ladbrokes. Uh, yeah. uh, many years ago in the 80s yeah it was um, wasn't it yeah. uh, which was tied up with a hotel deal because they had Ladbrokes ha- had and probably still have a hotels division and part of the sponsorship was not only that they had Ladbrokes on the front of the shirts but they were staying in <laughs> very smart hotels everywhere for yeah. not v- very little money and it was a great deal all round for the yeah. club so sometimes those sort of things can go well Clark Osborne is a man with a hell of a lot of contacts yeah. uh, in big business um, so whether he's pulled something out of the some you know 
tasty rabbit out of the hat or not, we, we, we wait to be seen. But there have been one or two local names mentioned. I mean, obviously, United is very close linked with South Devon College, mm-hmm. increasingly close linked with South Devon College. One or two people said, oh, might there be a deal there? Mm, possibly. Pro Direct uh, at Newton Abbott, which obviously is a, is a um, huge organisation. It's an international organisation, isn't it? You yeah. know, and, yeah. and well done to them. Um, they've always veered away from absolutely uh, sort of direct shirt sponsorship yeah. deals. They, they do an awful lot in other areas, mm. um, <clears throat> and they've been increasingly close to United on the, the kit and yeah. equipment yeah. front over the last couple of seasons uh, to everybody's, hopefully, everybody's benefit. Um, now, whether they are considering or have considered a, a, a full on shirt sponsorship deal, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. That might make a lot of sense. Um, uh, and then you've got other other ones. You know, other one of United's sort of regular sponsors now is the Kerry Arms at, mm-hmm. uh, at, at yeah. Torquay. You know, that might be another possibility. I'm not saying any of these things with particular knowledge, but um, it would be nice for those kind of you know that they're they're, yeah. they're the sort of local businesses that that might make a lot of sense. But uh, anyway, sooner or later, somebody's got to put their name on a check, and yeah, that's uh, true. Um, rather than just chat about it. And those anniversary shirts are still going around the world, aren't they? Seen some more pictures of those this week. I North think they've Africa, gone very well, by all accounts. USA, people are wearing them and sending the photographs back. Yeah, so I'm sure uh, they that, look that good. was done they through They do look very, very good. And, yeah, yeah, and they do. And they came in really smart yeah. presentation boxes, yeah, as I think yeah. we've yeah. already said. Um, and I think they've gone down quite well. So, uh, yeah, good all good, good Indeed, on that front. And talking of new designs, um, any the, the program is getting a, a workover, isn't uh, it? A makeover, workover, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, the, for the National League South last season, uh, I thought it wasn't bad for a program for that league. Perfectly fine, yeah, so, certainly yeah. better than most of the clubs. Yeah, but that's no criticism of them. Um, only cost two pound, which was value for money in this day and age. Now I imagine if they're going to have a, a redesign, which they're having. Uh, more edit- <coughs> editorial content, so yeah. I'm given to yeah. believe uh, I'm, that probably with promotion might indicate that it might go from two to three quid. I'm not, not quite mm. sure. If it does, well, you know, we'd have to have a look and see whether it's value for money. I'm, I'm, I know they're working very hard on that. Front. Yeah. Um, and it's part uh, of the match day experience, though, isn't it? The program. Well, and, this and it's 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 quite a troubled area. This for all clubs, yeah. especially lower division clubs. That the the, the Pressure and the, fi- the the sheer finances are producing uh, a decent match day program. Yeah. Uh, at a, in a time when everybody's looking at their lineups on social media because it's been tweeted by the club. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and uh, you know how many programs in a crowd of two and a half thousand do you need to sell to make the thing viable at all? You know, it, it does Good sooner, or later, yeah. sooner yeah. or later. You can't have something that's losing you money every mm. fortnight. Isn't there um, a regulation that clubs have to produce a programme, or is that just in the Football League? That's in the Football League. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, there was a debate, uh, funny enough, I, I should know the outcome of this, but th- there was a discussion yeah. at the last AGM, not this one, the, one mm. the year before, about whether they should change that rule and clubs, it was, you know, it was an option to produce uh, uh, yeah. uh, one. And I think they, in the end, it was a sort of a, Half and half thing. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say that for definite because I, I, I'm not no. sure. But certainly, yeah. it was up for discussion that that you know the sm- these smaller clubs like. I mean, for instance, if you, if you're Morecambe or someone, yeah. you know, and you're playing yeah. in front of fifteen hundred fans each week, what I think 
the, the, the old ballpark figure was that you used to sell one program per three fat, per three supporters. Okay. Yeah. Now, let's see in a fifteen hundred crowd, Morecambe sell five hundred programs. I'd be surprised if they'd sell that many programs. Yeah. With, now, how do you make money? Mm. On difficult. selling five hundred programs, it's very difficult, and 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 yet that has to be done. Somebody has to do it. Yeah, obviously, or you know, you you hopefully, yeah, you know, help with adverts and stuff like that. Uh, and it's quite a lot of work to go into something that only a few hundred people are purchasing each week. And um, which will be the first club just to to roll off a, a team sheet. Which who will it be? Uh, I don't know. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, the lower you go, the more likely that becomes. Mm. Um, you go to Premier League grounds and they're producing magazines virtually. Yeah. Uh, but they do tend to cost five or six I, quid. I was going to say, like I have no idea so, what that was. Yeah. Not having so, been to a Premier League game. No, no. Um, so this, it, it ever, is a real yeah, difficult yeah. problem yeah. For, for smaller lower division clubs to grapple with. But all anyway, all the signs are that United are having a redesign, more content, etc., etc. So we'll look forward yeah. to that. Right. I'm going to do a quiz now, and what I thought you was and your quizzes, well, sorry. I was thinking what we were going to talk about on the podcast this week, and I thought, bearing in mind we were right in the middle of summer, there might not be much to discuss. There always is, of course, but um, just in case we ran a bit short of ideas, this is one that came up in the Torbay Quiz League a few years ago. It wasn't Talker United related then, but I thought, well, maybe I could adapt it. I'm going to call it the Career Path Quiz. And it's like some of these bright ideas that I have from a radio show on a Friday. I do it one week and then completely forget about it the next. So you may never hear this again. <laughs> so the idea is that I give you a list of the clubs that this player has played for oh, yes. in, in the right order. Yeah. I'll tell you what year they played for Torquay. Right. And then you name the player. Right. And we'll do it like the old quiz ball. I'll give you the question. Then we'll pause. You can hit pause on your whatever player you're playing this on. And then we'll give you the answer. Right. So the question is, this player began his career with Everton, then moved to Carnarvon in North Wales, joined Torquay in 2012, had a loan spell at Dorchester, and then returned to Carnarvon. And that is the career path of which player? So if you want to hit pause now, and you're back in the room. So the career path was Everton, Carnarvon, Torquay United in 2012, Dorchester on loan, then back to Carnarvon again. Want to have a go at it, Dave? Uh, his name has escaped me, but I know who it is. <laughs> Nathan Crane. Nathan Crane. Nathan Crane is the answer Craig. to that. Yeah. The, the, the new Union O'Kane, as, as yeah. uh, Martin Ling wondered if he might be. A player that you and I liked. Left foot. You what and a, I yeah. liked him an awful lot, didn't we? We, we? we thought he had a real future, and it was it was some regret to us that he yeah. never quite realised the potential. He had a peach of a left foot. Didn't How he? many times did he hit the bar with a corner? Yeah, no, well. he was just uh, um, built like O'Kane. Yeah, um, all left foot, whereas O'Kane was a bit of both. Uh, and uh, we, we all in with Union moved on, obviously, in yeah. the summer of two thousand and twelve, and. We were we were desperate to grab somebody to take his place, and you and I and quite a few others thought this lad's got a chance. I, I thought he was a, a really good player, yeah, but he and, just um, never quite clicked for him. Did no, it? and a cracking lad as well, yeah. a very nice uh, um, man, and and um, uh, never quite. He's now uh, I think he's in charge of the community uh, operation at Carnarvon Town, in yeah. addition to playing for them. 
Um, you could see he's the type of lad if he doesn't pick up a serious injury, he'd probably play till he's about 48 yes. uh, and make it look yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, it will come up against him in a cup somewhere yeah, one yeah. day. We'll Nathan come up Craig, him in a yeah. cup. Um, never quite happened, did it? No. He played oh, probably 25, 30 yeah, odd games for United games. and yeah. probably maybe even a bit more than that. See, I should have jotted um, that down, I did. Yeah, but he had quite a lot of sub appearances yeah. and things like that. And, and the, 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 the jury was that. He was physically not quite sort of robust enough for it all, but then they said that about Union and yeah. Yeah. even Rodney Jack at times, didn't yeah. they? When when they first arrived, and I think you you and I and a few others thought, no, 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 you'll get over that. You'll, you'll do get over that. You'll but, do for um, me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nathan Craig. Nathan Craig. Good so one. I might do another one of those, another career for path quiz before yeah. the end of the podcast. A uh, little bit of housekeeping as well. Um, it was good to talk last week to Gary Head who's doing the coast path for Miles for Mind. Terrific. Um, he'll be finished this weekend. Wow. He'll be getting towards the finish of now. Of course. Where, um, where, does it, where does that path actually, where it, does it run out? All the way up by Sandbanks Pool somewhere. Oh, way, right. way up there. So he's, right. um, he, I mean, he's based in Dorset anyway, so he's going all past the Jurassic Coast and everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's, um, he deserves a couple of pints at the end of that. Happy to have him on the podcast. We'll get him on again sometime. He can yes. tell us how the, uh, how the whole thing went. And I gather that um, that some podcasters have been giving him a bit of support as well. So thank you out there if you've been giving Gary some uh, some backing as he goes along. Now then, back to your dream team. Oh, Dave. we've reached the midfield. Midfield, yeah. midfield, midfield, midfield. If you've not been listening for the last couple of weeks, this, this, the, is, uh, this, this by the way isn't a promotional thing. It's 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 more to almost encourage everybody else to have a think about their own dream team. It is, it is indeed. It, it's over on the Talky Talk um, blog website, and they asked us to come up with our dream teams, which we did. And yours, we've been going through yours in some detail over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> How embarrassing! And we've reached. We've reached midfield. midfield. Four-man midfield. 4-4-2 four four was the formation. So you've got two wingers and two central midfield players. How tough How is t- that? It was tough. And the, you've picked yours as, as the team to play for your life, haven't yeah. you? The team that would yeah. uh, that you choose as a, to as go As opposed to a high days and holidays team. <laughs> Absolutely. And so your right midfielder, the shortlist, the players who did not make it into your team, Dougie Clark, Ronnie Barnes, Donald Murphy, Paul Smith, Paul Hall and Wayne Carlisle. Wayne Carlisle, that cross, though, eh? <laughs> still the greatest cross in, in, in Wembley history. I can still see it. Well, well, see that and Stanley Matthews in the 1953 FA Cup yeah. final, they're, they're way ahead of everybody else, aren't they? Tell us about a few of those then, Dave. Dougie Clark and Ronnie Barnes both... Before my time at Plymouth. Dougie Clark um, was one of Frank LaFarrell's first signings when he, he came from Hull City. Uh, where he's still hugely well remembered, yeah. uh, and we're talking about somebody who played for United in the late 1960s. He he was your original um, effective winger. In other words, you always got something out yeah. of, out of Clark getting the ball. It was either a cross, a shot, a pass. It wasn't a kind of here he goes. He didn't <laughs> just help it in. No, no, yeah. not only that, yeah. but it, it, in other words, it wasn't a mazy dribble and he's heading off towards Ellicombe or anything like that. Uh, uh, Dougie Clark was was a was a wonderfully effective winger. Yeah. Scored goals as well, um, a, 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 and a great pro. Uh, um, uh, you, you, you would, I was hovering about whether you know for to play for my life he might be the man. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, and Ronnie, Ronnie still Barnes, around as well yeah. in Torquay. Yeah, 
Ronnie Barnes? Ronnie Barnes was the opposite of Doug Clark. No, that's being a bit <laughs> fierce. Uh, Ronnie Barnes was sensationally entertaining. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, um, Jean-Pierre Sim-like in, oh, in some yeah, ways. Yeah, now you're talking. But he could play right or left, Ron. Yeah. Um, from Bolton, uh, always with a smile on his face, a crowd-pleasing winger. Um, and mid qu- si- mid sixties, mid sixties, yeah. 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 A- again, um, a- a hugely popular with the crowd. Um, often used to inspire as many groans as cheers. Yeah. But you never stopped wanting him have to have the ball. All the best players did. Yeah. Donald Murphy. Uh, I love watching Donald Murphy. About seventy eight. Yeah. Uh, Mike Green's yeah. team, late seventies. Yeah. Hugely talented Irishman. We eventually sold him to Plymouth for a bit of money. He'd been at Coventry, where a lot of they used to pick up a lot of play, Irish yeah. players at Coventry. Um, uh, inconsistent, infuriatingly so. He would have his nights and days when it looked as if he, you know, yeah. wondered whether you were really with him or he was with you. Um, uh, but super talented. Uh, uh, never scored a bad goal. <laughs> One of those type players. Uh, I always liked him. Um, yeah. uh, a player for a, a, a Tuesday night, uh, not raining, but no. <laughs> a, a nice Tuesday yeah. evening um, in in your time, your your side. Uh, the two Pauls, Paul Smith and Paul Hall. Oh, how unlucky was Paul Smith? Yeah. Uh, when we were chatting the other week about the fastest players who had ever yeah. played for United, yeah. and we were talking we'll, several we'll come came on to, to one we'll come on to in a minute, in a minute yeah. but, uh, and and we actually forgot Paul Paul Smith. Um, uh, little pocket battleship, yeah. right wing, out and out right winger. Uh, he suffered a dreadful injury in a game at Carlisle one day, and he was never quite the same mm. again. Um, but my goodness, he was quick um, and a, a good little player, um, yeah. North Londoner. Yeah. Um, uh, one of those tantalising, how good might he have been? Yeah. Um, but but for that dreadful injury at Carlisle when it was a. Was it as near as anchor? I'm not quite sure. I was there that day. I remember, mm. and um, the team had to wait and then go around to the hospital to pick him up afterwards. And um, uh, no, my goodness, he was quick. Yeah, and Paul Hall, great career as well after playing. Well, well, proved that all the promise. Yeah. He was one of Paul Compton's old trainees yeah. that churned out so many good players in the uh, in the eighties and nineties, um, uh, and. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, um, all his best days were ahead of him at Plainmore, and he yeah. went on to have a fine career with Portsmouth and Coventry. He's now coaching, I think he's at QPR still, yeah. coaching the youngsters there. Fantastic lad, always played with a smile on his face. I remember he had a wonderful game, didn't he, in an FA Cup tie against Birmingham City Birmingham at Plainmore, which was his yeah. hometown club. Yeah. Uh, when United Dominated that game, didn't he? Completely yeah. ripped them to pieces, yeah. didn't he? Scored twice, I think. Um, uh, 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 one of the best sort of days of his career at Plainmore. Yeah, and Wayne Carlisle. I think one of the best things you can say about Wayne Carlisle is that, despite being the architect of Exeter's playoff semi-final win at Plainmore, <laughs> hold on a minute, I've got to go. And sorry, have a rest. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fans forgave him. And, well, eventually. Yeah. Uh, uh, what what a move for Paul Buckle to go and the following a few weeks later. Yeah. To go and sign the player who had uh, in many ways changed that uh, playoff semi-final second leg at Plainmore yeah. and actually signed him for Torquay from the local from the old enemy. Yeah. And it took it took a little while for United fans to let's say take Wayne Carlisle to their hearts. And then the more they watched him, the more they realised what a good player he was. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. particularly quick. I imagine he had been a fair bit quicker earlier in his career, but he came to United when he was 30, at least 30. Yeah. 
um, and what a wonderful technician he was with the ball. Uh, he actually used to pick up knee injuries because he used to put so much traction on his crosses and free kicks into the middle that it used to put a strain on his right knee. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he used to have to rest it every now yeah. and again. And he used to have weeks where he didn't do an awful lot in training. But when he put his right foot on the ball and to, to deliver it, yeah, uh, it was with interest, wasn't yeah. it? And 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 uh, he he could score a few goals as well. He could he could steal in at the far post when yeah. you know a proper. He'd been well taught. Uh, a, a very very good player yeah. indeed, and and well, you know, and that, that, de- delivered the greatest the Wembley cross, cross. Then cross when, for Tim Sills. To when the commentator said he's looking for Benyon, no, he isn't. He's no, looking for, for Tim Sills. Sills. I actually yeah. watched that on YouTube the other day. Just, I think it was raining. It was a, a Thursday morning. You need some cheering. I just up, needed cheering you? up, so yeah. I ran the YouTube clip of. You Sills aren't the gone. only one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there are thousands of talkie fans who are just at, at dark moments in their lives just just yeah. say. Come on, let's play it again. Let's play that Sills goal again. But the person who gets in on your right midfield, this would be no surprise to anybody because it has to be Rodney Jack. Well, of course, Rodney Jack could play up front. And and many of his best games for United were up front. But that's a big ask up front. And and you want somebody who has got everything in their armoury. Yeah. Top of the list, blazing pace, um, ability... Uh, a goal in them as well. Uh, I mean, let's face it, when Rodney Jack went past a defender, they didn't get back, did they? <laughs> in fact, they didn't even get close, let alone get back. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he came, I, I remember when he first arrived, and, and Eddie May must take a fair bit of the credit for this, because yeah. he came over with that Lombarda team um, uh, on, on, a, on a, a trial when, when they were trying to sell a few players to English clubs, yeah. or at least get them signed up. Um, and uh, Lambada played at Playmore on a very sunny evening towards yeah. the end of um, oh no no was it, was it early in that season not quite sure 95-96 season which of course went very badly for United mm. um, and it, there was nothing of him I remember being there that night and thinking what a talented little lad but my goodness you thought a, a puff of wind would tiny him over yeah. he was tiny uh, and in fairness to, to Eddie May he, he walked into Mike, Mike Bateson afterwards they knew that they were heading off I think they played Fulham Shrewsbury one or two others yeah and Eddie, I think, said to Mike Bateson, don't let him leave town. If he leaves town, we will never see him again. In other words, you either, you either, you either grab hold of him now or, yeah. or not at all. Uh, they managed to, um, and uh, uh, the rest is history. It took him about a year. Uh, yes, it must have been because um, early in that season because Eddie gradually introduced him into the team. Um, uh, when, when Steve started to build him up a little bit, yeah, um, and then of course his great season was was ninety seven, ninety eight, yeah. uh, when, when the run to the playoffs wasn't the it? run to yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Um, he briefly, for me, the the, the dream scenario. He, he played with Paul Baker up front. I mean, what what yeah. a sensational combination that was! Paul Baker and Rodney Jack up front. If I'd been any fourth division defence at that time, I'd have been yeah. SHI double team myself. I think you know, um, because Baker was a terrific target man. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah. Um, uh, but Rodney, no. I, I mean, what was not to like about him? The yeah. crowd adored him. Um, and I still think that if, it, if, it, if he hadn't opened his knee up on a, on a, a stone uh, when United were particularly short of training facilities in those days, I think it was at Centrax, a, mm. a, a temporary training pitch at Centrax, which knocked him out of the run-in. Uh, he did, of course, come back to the playoffs, but uh, I think United would have won a automatic yeah. promotion then. 
uh, and he went on to have a, obviously a fine career. And uh, no, Rodney Jack for me on the right wing. I'm going to go to the left midfield now because I want to finish this midfield with somebody who I think is probably your, one of your favourite ever Talking United players. Not we'll only keep, mine. We'll keep moving to. We'll go to the left of midfield. The players who don't get in on the left are Tony Scott, Bruce Stuckey, Lee Sharp, Gregory Goodridge, Gary Nelson and Kevin Hill. Do not make it into your team. Pretty good field. That. Pretty good field. We won't do them all individually, no. but the player who does get into your team, of course, on the left, Mark Lauren. Yeah. Um, uh, still, in my view uh, and in my experience, the most talented player, uh, naturally talented player yeah. I've ever seen in a Talk United oh, shirt. Absolutely. I know that's a big yeah. statement to make. He's definitely the most talented local player I've ever seen in a Talk United shirt. Um, and all the people that have knocked him over the years because, well, he didn't wasn't in love with it enough, didn't mm. you know, never realised his full potential. His off-field problems are fairly well known. Well, he did end up playing 380-something games. You don't play that many games no, as a pro if football, football if you don't love it and if you're not pretty good at no, it. No, exactly. Right. And, of course, he played even more number of that on Sunday mornings <laughs> and Saturday <laughs> yeah, afternoons yeah. for local football. Yeah, and wherever um, there was a football and a team needing somebody. And a phone call. And a phone call. Yeah, yeah Mark would usually there. haul himself out of yeah. bed and turn out. So you're talking about somebody who did love football, uh, was a breathtakingly talented yeah. player. Um, uh, there's a... A tale that, if you look in Lee Sharp's autobiography, uh, when he turned up at Man United and uh, they were realised that he was a fair bit ahead of all their other <laughs> under-18 yeah. players, uh, and he informed a couple of people at Old Trafford that there was a player back at Playmore who wasn't he wasn't even fit to lace his boots up, and they were all going, "What? What's his name? What's his name?" And Lee Sharp turned around and said, "You'll never hear it. You'll never hear about him. Why not?" Well, Lee knew. Yeah. Uh, Mark, who had his chance at Coons Park yeah. Rangers, wasn't all that bothered um, uh, and was happy playing for Torquay United and going out with his mates. Well, it's and not that's not the worst crime in the world, is it? No, it isn't. And the 88-89 season was probably the, the peak for Mark. When, you uh, know, I, when... I would go the first two years of that, the, the two years before that, 86-87, okay. yeah. when, when, his, his, when Stuart Morgan got him back from Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. He was only about 19 then, I think. Uh, that was the most important single sign to keep United up. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, they tried to break his leg at Wolves at one, one afternoon and he ended up in hospital and he turned out on the Tuesday night lim yeah. limping at Swansea, stood out on the left wing and basically kept the ball for about an hour. Uh, <laughs> with, with, and, and back in the days when you could go through people, yeah. uh, etc. We scored in the first minute, Gary Richards, and won 1-0. And yeah. they gave it to Lauren for the rest of the night and told him to hold on to the thing, <laughs> and which, of course, he was good enough to do. Alan Nill um, was probably playing for Swansea then. Yes, he might. Yes, I think he yeah. was. Yeah. Um, no, it's just a, a wonderful player. Uh, he had everything. He, yeah. he had absolutely everything. He could even head it, funnily enough, yeah. if it, when he put his mind to it. Um, uh, no, a, a genius. A genius. So the centre midfield. Yeah, um, this, is, this is, is tough. There are two births in centre midfield. The players who did not make it. Tommy Mitchinson, Bruce Rioch. You can tell him he didn't make it into your team. <laughs> Alan Little, Sean Hazelgrave, you can tell him as well, and Sean Joyce. Steve McCall, Jason Fowler, Chris Hargreaves and Unan O'Kane are cooling their heels on the bench for well, your team. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell any of them that they're no. in the team. <laughs> I think we probably better keep that quiet. Yeah. We? Um, the two who are in, the first player that you've chosen is John Smith. Yeah, that this is a player who a lot of United fans, certainly younger ones, won't know. Uh, older ones will definitely remember. Um, 
our old friend Paul Bastard always says that you can't have a good team without a gangster in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, God rest his soul, because John Smith has passed on now. Uh, he wasn't a gangster, but uh, on a football field, he was a ferocious competitor and a yeah. hell of a good player. Uh, he uh, was one of Frank O'Fraut. He played for Spurs and West Ham. I think we actually signed him from Leighton Orient. Um, he went on to play for Swindon Town. Yeah. Again, a little pocket battleship. In the days when, when you when you tackle people, they stayed tackled. Um, uh, he was a, a, a Frank O'Farrell always used to say that, that that he probably wouldn't cross the street to speak to him, but he was the first name he wrote his name yeah. wrote down on his yeah. team sheet every week, which I think is fair enough. Um, uh, there was a famous game at Playmore uh, in '68, something like that. Torquay and Berry both going for a promotion to what's now the Championship. Yeah, uh, eleven thousand at Playmore. Match of the day cameras down uh, covering the game because there was no first division. Yeah. I think they were not quite sure why that weekend. Um, United won three 0 John Smith was phenomenal that afternoon. Pouring rain. Yeah, made no difference to him at all. Churning through the middle of midfield, he was sensational that day as he was on an awful lot of other days for, for United. Was that um, the afternoon when Tommy Mitchinson scored goal of, or a goal of the month no, contender? No, it wasn't. No, no, though. Um, that Trevor was a Shepherd one, scored it? one. Yeah. I forgot who scored the other one. No, uh, Tommy Mitchinson came just after that. OK. Uh, no, he was, he was a, 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 as near yeah. as you're going to get to a one-man midfield, put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and you want, to, in a team to play for your life, <laughs> you definitely want John Smith. In. Yeah, I mean, this is nothing, look, Tommy Mitchinson, one of the best passers you'll ever see, mm -hmm. uh, and many of those other players, well, of course, you yeah. know, um, uh, very difficult to leave any of them out. But yeah. um, at that level he played at, John Smith was for me um, a must in there. And alongside him, you've put the player. Now we come to him last for a very good reason because I, this is he your favourite ever Torquay United player do you think I Alex mean Russell. all the hundreds and hundreds to choose from Alex Russell Alex Russell I, I it'd be, it's a bit cool to say that he's my favourite ever player yeah. apart from the fact that, that you have to be careful because I also like him so much as a bloke yeah, yeah. Um, but and the, the thing you have to say about Alex Russell was he couldn't run no. well he could but yeah. you, you know what I mean he wasn't the greatest tackler in the world um, he and, uh, him and Jason Fowler together in the midfield were not the most mobile well, midfield put it world. like that Jason Fowler was more naturally gifted yeah, than Alex Russell yeah. without a shadow of a doubt and Alex would be the first to, 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 to mention it but the reason why Russell was such a top top player was because I've never seen anybody play, reduce the game to such simplicity as, as Alex Russell did he yeah. made the game look easy as a lot of other, Steve McCall used to do the yeah, same thing, didn't yeah. he? And actually, it's very hard to do that. But they just have this ability. And Brian McGlinchey, the left back who's in my team, said to me one day, he said, Dave, he's one of the best players I've ever played with, if not the best. Really? And I went, whoa, yeah. Brian, you know, yeah. steady on. You know. And he said, he makes everybody in the team look better than they really are. Yeah. And I thought, what a, what a tribute to somebody. The, an incident comes to mind. I mean, the, the wonderful thing about Russell was... He kept the ball moving. The ball never died. You know, it, it, he, he, one touch, two touch, shift it. Go and get it back again. Yeah. And he passed teams up the pitch. Uh, and wherever a player had the ball, there would be this little shout of, yep. And yeah. there he would be yeah. ten, 10 yards away from them or whatever it was. And 
it seemed like a split second later he was like 60 yards over yeah. on the other side of the pitch. But a number of times players would say, how the hell did he get there? You know, yeah. And he had this wonderful ability, a positional sense, party, range of passing was terrific. He did have a good shot on him, actually. Yeah. Um, but he was in a team that was creating loads of chances. Did he get many goals? Yeah, he, 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 chipped, he chipped in. He I'm, missed a couple of penalties, which which yeah. I still can't get my head around because if, if you have if you wanted to have your house on anybody to put a penalty yeah. away, it'd be Alex Russell. It just shows, doesn't it? Um, but one incident comes to mind. We played Walsall away in League One after the team yeah. under Leroy won promotion. We played Walsall away in League One. Brian McGlinchey, in a particular incident, went to clear the ball up the line, and Adebayo Akinfenwa saw the clearance coming and headed off into the channel to try and get on the end of it. And a Walsall player uh, uh, went to close down um, uh, McGlinchey as he yeah. hit the ball up the line, and the ball spun off the defender. Alex, as usual, was showing for the ball inside if McGlinchey had needed him. The ball spun off the defender into Russell. He hit it first time with the outside of his right foot, so a right foot volleyed pass that dropped in front of Akin and Fenwa on the run. He pursued the ball down the line, forced a corner, and Akin Fenwa turned around and applauded Brian McGlinchey because he thought the ball had come from, had come from him. Yeah. He, he didn't realise that, that uh, um, Russell had adjusted his, his position for the ball suddenly spinning to him and had put it into his path. Yeah. And it happened not long before half-time, and I was up in the press box, which is sort of opened onto the pitch at the thing, and uh, Brian McGlinchey walked off the pitch and looked up to me, and I stood up and made a sort of genuflecting <laughs> thing, and he burst out laughing, and afterwards I met him in the car park, and he was still talking about it. He said, I still can't believe he did it, Dave. And and it was just yeah. a wonderful piece of, of you know skill, but it was... All over in a flash. You, just you, you, to, yeah, just to be able to pluck that out, it's, it's otherworldly, isn't it, when a player can do that? Yeah. And as you say, it's just part of their game, isn't Quite. it? Yeah. You know, he would just have shrugged his shoulders. Well, yeah. you know, it's one to me, and that's a, that yeah. seemed the right option. And to have the technique and the, and the vision to do it, but but the thing that shoved me was the best of all. I'm sure to this day, Bayo thinks that, that Brian McGlinchey <laughs> got the ball to him instead of Alex. <laughs> but um, there you are. No, no, you've got a tackler yeah. and a driver... Uh, um, uh, and a potential captain yeah. in midfield, and you've got Alex Russell spraying it around. And you've got Rodney Jack and Mark Loram on the either, flanks. Either side. That's not a bad midfield, Dave. Cheers. We will come with us. You're welcome. Right. We'll, we'll, wipe, we'll, we'll wipe the tears away from our achievements now. <laughs> and we'll come to your strikers next week. The, uh, we'll do the forwards next week. Um, I jotted down another couple of things for this week, but I, the Football League fixtures are out today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Exeter City are at home to Argyle on October the 26th, and Argyle are at home to Exeter City on March the 21st. I don't expect any of our listeners will be going to either of those games, but they, you would have thought they would have done that over Christmas well, and New Year, wouldn't they? Well, they don't do it, do they, in the no. Football League? Let, let, let's, let's, not, all of us want to be back there as soon as possible, uh, but one tick for the National League, and I'm sure this has to do with police issues and stuff like that, is that the National League have, have been very strong on local derbies at Christmas and New Year and more power to their elbow. Um, uh, I think we're all 99% hopeful yeah. that we'll get Yeovil Christmas Day and Boxing yeah. Day, fine. Um, but in the Football League, now whether this is, has police issues, in other words, police quite right too, quite a lot of them would rather have Christmas off yeah, uh, and absolutely, um, they deserve it. Uh, so the last thing they want is an Argyle Exeter or Exeter yeah. Argyle game on Boxing Day, isn't it? 
Um, so I'm sure that's a big factor in that. But thankfully, in the National League, they don't. So uh, Argyle and Exeter have got to play each other on a Saturday in, times. whenever it is. You yeah. know? So I, I imagine both those games are Saturdays rather than Tuesday nights. But um, uh, no, good luck to them. Uh, we'll ignore the whole occasion uh, <laughs> <All right. That's laughs> with great enthusiasm, <laughs> yeah, won't we? <laughs> and the refereeing in the Women's World Cup, I made a note of that as well, but that kind of fits into the same bracket as the Tory leadership poll, doesn't it? We shouldn't, um, we shouldn't really go on too much. The football's been better. good, though. Oh, I've enjoyed the football. But I, think, I, I think there's one or two really good teams there, yeah. and, ha- and ha- happily, England are one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. They played some... And don't Japan work? My mm. goodness, they played well the last night. It's... Yeah. it's um, uh, but um, the standard of the football is improving all the time. Well, the standard of official officialdom is not. No, no. I, look, uh, we we banged on about VAR before. The the, the the part of the thing is that decisions are being made mm. with VAR's help, and they're still yeah. getting them wrong. Yeah. You know that, that yeah. that's what you know the 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 what was it the the third. Um, Argentina, Argentina goal yeah. for the penalty. Yeah. Not the first time where defenders have got to the ball first. Yeah. You know, yeah, clear, clearly won the With ball. VAR's help, you can yeah. see that they have. Yeah. And the penalty's still given. Well, come on. It's not as if somebody's gone through to, to take somebody out. They're, mm. they're desperately trying to win the ball first and clear it, which they're actually getting to the ball first, and, and it's still a penalty. I'm, I'm, you know, and twice um, this week, penalties have been retaken. Well, this isn't but, this going to be interesting next season. But surely, as, as a goalkeeper, you have to take a step in order to launch yourself one way or the other to dive. Well, what, what the, the, of course, the rule has been changed. You, you used to have to have two, two yeah. feet on, on, the, uh, on the goal line or above it if you were jumping. Now, right. now, is that hard enough to police? Yes. Now, yeah. they've made it even tougher by saying you have to have one foot on the line or above it if you're jumping. So, but, but the thing that gets me is, look, aren't the linesmen supposed to to, to, yeah. to check? Well, what, what do they do now in incidents like that? So you've got VAR yeah. deciding whether somebody's, you know, it's hard enough if you're a goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, look, it's a very difficult situation. I'm not saying VAR are right, wrong or indifferent in all of these things. The laws are the problem. Yeah. You know, when you've got a convoluted law like offside, and I was listening to the Scotland manager the other day, I think it was a Scotland manager being interviewed, and she turned around and openly admitted, she said, I haven't got a clue what the offside law is anymore. And and there's quite a lot of managers and players who say exactly the same thing with the old active, inactive, whatever, first phase, second phase. An awful lot of people in the game do not know for practical day-in, day-out purposes mm. how the offside law works anymore. And this is supposed to be the biggest game in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any amount of cameras and replays aren't going <laughs> to sort, sort that out, are they? Um, so so the, whole, the whole thing was very unsatisfactory last night, and I really felt for Scotland. Like, yes. I know they, in some ways they chucked it okay. away themselves. But, True, but, you know, you... Yeah. you, you, you Oh dear, 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 and and also on on the back of the fact that the goalkeeper had moved, I didn't actually see it myself. I've been told that there were several opposition players inside the penalty area, and they didn't call that. I didn't even look for that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but there you go. Um, It's the way it is. It's not 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 in our power to change it. Now, if you're listening to this on Thursday afternoon, and it is not yet five thirty-five. 
we have a tip for you. Now, David, you've been scanning the form for Royal Ascot. I'll, I'll let you announce this one because it's quite a find. It, well, it, it was only I was, you know, as is as is my wont at this time of year, Royal Ascot. You've got to have a look through, haven't you, for my twenty five p Yankee uh, uh, and uh, I the scanned, last of the big spenders. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, not at Ascot. It's a minefield anyway. Okay. So keep your keep yeah. your stakes down. Um, uh, and I had a quick look through five thirty five at Ascot. Oh. That has got to be 50p each way. Leroy, Leroy in the 5.35 at Ascot uh, on Thursday, this afternoon, Thursday, Thursday. If you happen to stumble and manage to stagger through the, the, uh, uh, the podcast before <laughs> yeah. 5.35, um, it might be worth 50p each way. I think it's a fairly long price. Well, we just had a little look while we were on while we were on air, then didn't we? That's um, there he is, Leroy. Leroy is currently 80 to one. <laughs> Good luck. An each way bet, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> An each way bet. Uh, yeah, yeah in a big field. Thanks for your time. This has been the uh, Yellow Army podcast, and uh, we'll be back next week when we're slightly closer to the new season. The players will have returned to training, and surely we'll have had another signing by then. We would hope so. Yeah. More to discuss next week. In the meantime, as ever, come, come on, on, you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talkie United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.